On this episode of the D Sandy podcast, I'm going to give you some pre-playing thoughts and some post-playing thoughts. This was something unforeseen. I recorded a pod the morning of the playing games, and then I had to go to the gig, and then something came up, an emergency came up, and it ended up with me at Barclays to watch Nets Cavs. So I'm going to give you some post-playing game thoughts as well. So the first part will be my pre-playing game thoughts where I try to stir the pot a little bit and be my contrarian self. And then you're going to get the reaction after being in the building, being at Barclays, even with everything that went on in New York yesterday, being in the building last night and uh, giving you some post-playing game thoughts. So it's a little bit of a two-parter. You're going to get a full non-basketball pod as well. So be on the lookout for that. That'll also be dropping today. So hopefully when you see this downloading, you should be seeing a second pod downloading as well. But anyway, let's let's get into it. Pre-playing and post-playing thoughts on the The Sandy Podcast. El primero de mayo. <laughs> should the Nets tank tonight? That's a real question. Should the Nets tank tonight in the play-in? I'm asking. If I'm Steve Nash, and there's been reports that Steve Nash is on that Thibodeau. Steve Nash is out here running KD into the ground, bro. Steve Nash ain't going out without his best player on the floor. Like, I'm not mad at Steve Nash in that aspect, but he need to be careful. He running KD into the ground. You know KD's a hooper's hooper. Like, he wants to play all 48. If he could, he would. And Steve Nash is like, all right, KD, go out there and play 48. Like, he's not. I'm not going to take these L's if I don't have to. If I got KD, I am not going to baby KD. So he is running KD out here, and I'm hearing some Thibodeau-like things. A little bit. Hearing some Thibodeau-like things when it comes to uh, Steve Nash. So we'll, we'll see if he's baby Tibbs or not as time goes on. But should they bench and tank this game tonight? Because if they heat, are going to be without Bam Adebayo as the number one seed. And Bam is in health and safety protocol. So he allegedly, look, Rona's back. I know we all out here, man, mask mandates have been lifted. And funny enough, the man's in New York caught the, right? So um, mandates have been lifted. People is out here, maskless, trying to get back to normal. Rona ain't going nowhere, bro. And Bam's is out here, health and safety. And if you're the Nets, and if you beat the Cavs, you become the seventh seed, and you have a date with the Celtics, who don't have Robert Williams, so maybe you want to go that route. But if you do go that route, then you're potentially facing the Bucks in the second round, just like they did last year. Whereas if you tank the game, Tank the Cavs game, beat whoever between Atlanta and Charlotte. Now you're facing the Heat with potentially no BAM. And your second round matchup could be the Raptors, or it could be High Philly. Which is the easier road to go through a potential BAMless Heat and then maybe. The alleged new Kobe and Shaq and yeah, I can't even finish it. <laughs> Y'all said they were the new Kobe and Shaq. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um <laughs> who would you rather go through? Bamless Heat or the winner of Toronto Philly? Would you rather go that route or go through a Robert Williams list Celtics, which I mean Two, three years ago, you would have laughed at the notion of a Robert Liss Celtics being a thing. But here we are with the Celtics needing Robert Williams to get their shit off. Allegedly, I think they could still score. The defense will take a hit, but I think they can still get buckets up. Tatum and Brown is still healthy. The Celtics, to me, still can get it done definitely in the first round. But if they have to face Brooklyn, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So if you're the Nets, do you want to go through potentially a Robert Williams list Celtics with a looming date with Giannis in them in the second round? Or go through the heat with potentially no BAM and then take on the win of Toronto Philly? I think I'm taking that game. I'm tanking the playing game. Call it what you will. There is strategy throughout all this shit. Teams have been tanking games down the stretch for seeding purposes. Why not continue it in the playing? If I'm Steve Nash, get me the fuck away from the Bucs. I don't want to have to face the Bucs into the conference finals. Put me against a allegedly bamless heat. And then the Kobe. That team that plays in Wells Fargo, who might not even get there low-key. I mean, they lost the season series against Toronto. And, I mean, we all know Nick Nurse. I mean, Nick Nurse versus Doc, even if it is really Sam Cassell behind some smoke and mirrors, I'm still going Nick Nurse over the combo of Sam Cassell and Doc Rivers. So, I don't know, B. I don't know. Like, Philly got to get there. I don't even know if they're going to get to the second round. They've kind of tricked a lot of games off for someone being Kobe and Shea. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, Kobe and Shea. (laughs) Hey, the Bulls made it down to the sixth seed. (laughs) From the one seed to the sixth seed. Anywho, so yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking that game. If I'm if I'm the Nets, I look, yeah, I'm taking that game. Cause you go you go up against the Celtics, right? If they win this game, they go up against the Celtics. You still got to stop Tatum and Brown. Even though they don't got Robert Williams, you still got to stop Tatum and Brown, and then you got to go through Giannis and them. That's way harder to me than. Facing the heat, allegedly, with even if Bam misses a couple of games, you can still take advantage of that. And even if Bam comes back, if you take one of the early games, if you split in Miami, like that to me is worth it. Because then you got to deal with either Siakam and Van Vliet or Kobe and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, that that's what I would do if I'm if I'm Steve Nash, because there's no chance of the Bulls beating the Bucks, right? There's no chance unless Giannis falls down and tears ACL. Like there's no chance of the Bulls winning that series. So you're going to face the Bucks, whereas 
in that other bracket, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. But then here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you're the Nets, do you really want to put yourself in the bracket or the part of the bracket where Kyrie potentially has to miss games? Because if the Raptors were to beat Philly, <laughs> Kobe is just... <laughs> If the Raptors are able to advance and you do go ahead and take care of the Heat, you got to go to Toronto and they got home court. And you see what's happening with Tybal. Tybal finally admitted his truth. Not vaxxed. Only took a single dose. So he can't go hoop in Toronto. So that's a tough spot, man. Shit. Let's really think this out. Let's think this out. You, you think you can beat the Heat, especially if Bam misses some time. But you're either going to face Kobe. <laughs> All right. You're going to face Philly, which, you know, I think the Nets think they could beat them. And especially if they could get Ben ready. They could beat them. And then, or you may have to face Toronto, which I'm sure the Nets know they could beat. But you're not going to have Kyrie for potentially four out of the seven games. So do you do that or take care of the, uh, the Cavs to capture the seven, deal with a Robert Williams-less Celtics, but you still got to deal with Tatum and Brown. And then you got to go through Giannis in them. But you'll have Kyrie for all the games. And then assuming you get to the second round, you'll probably will have Ben ready. I mean, I'm not surprised Ben's not ready now. I thought this was all smoke and mirrors for Ben to magically appear in the first round to keep it a buck. I didn't say anything, but to me, I was like, this is all bullshit. Ben's playing first round. Um, but now you keep hearing first it was, oh, he might be ready for the second round. Now it's like, oh, he might be ready for the first round. Like, I think there was no way he was going to miss playoff games, but we'll see. Ah, shit. I don't know, man. What do you do? Do you take the leap of saying we just want to get to the second round and we'll deal with whoever? Second round means either going through Bamless Miami and short-term Bamless, not Bamless. I don't think Bam's going to be out the whole damn series. You might miss a couple games of Bam. That might be enough to go up 2-0. That might be enough to go up 2-0. But then you got to deal with, I mean, again, as long as, as, long as Kobe and shit. <laughs> as long as Philly takes care of business, it don't matter. You got Kyrie for all the games. But just in case Kobe and shit, <laughs> in case they don't make it, man, you only got Kyrie for three games, max. That's tough. That's tough. I would have tanked, but now, now looking at it, now that Toronto legitimately has a chance, that's tough. What do you do? Damn. I don't want no parts of Giannis. Not yet. 
I'd rather deal with Giannis in the conference finals. Damn. But again, here's where Ben is so important. And, you know, laugh and joke all you want. Ben's going to be important because let's say he doesn't play the first round. Let's say that the, the Nets take care of business and they beat the Cavs and they say, fuck it, we'll go through Boston and Milwaukee, right? Okay. I don't think they need Ben Simmons to beat the Celtics. They do need Ben Simmons if they're going to beat the Bucs. I'm not saying Ben can lock Giannis. I don't think Giannis is lockable. No one can lock Giannis. However, he has the same type of frame, same type of size. He can make it difficult for Giannis. I think that's all they need. That's why you go get a Ben. Make it difficult. Again, he doesn't need to shoot. Just facilitate and play defense. It would be nice to have him against Boston. It would be nice to be able to put Ben Simmons on Jason Tatum and make it difficult, make it more difficult. And if Brown's hot, now you're putting Ben Simmons on Jalen Brown. Like, that's where the flexibility of what Ben is and only what he is, not what everyone wants him to be, that is what empowers him to be the player that he is. Is that you could put him on Tatum and Brown, and he could do that. He could do work. You can also, if Marcus Smart gets crazy, you could put Ben on Marcus Smart. One through four, I wouldn't say five, but you can play Ben on whoever's hot one through four and potentially cool that that situation. Uh, so, you know, I have to jump in here because now we're back in real time. And I'm trying to figure out, even though I didn't drop the pre-playing pot, did KD somehow through osmosis know what I said and is channeling his anger or his vitriol through Bruce Brown? What did Bruce Brown say? I mean, I just said maybe y'all should like tank. No, nah, I mean, and get bro. get to the eight. No, I mean, he said something I ain't like. Somebody dog. Told me. I mean, but oh, you you really scared of Kobe and Shaq? I mean, come on, so like if you take the if you tank and yeah, get to the eight, like why go through Giannis you if you don't have to? Why go through Giannis if you don't have to? So that's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, man. oh damn, my bad. You ain't like that. That's caffeine, probably talking. I mean, I'm more kombucha. Bro. Take some okay. before the game. Yes, yes, they but got, before the pot, I do do that. Ginger, not me. Two dudes, you can do the same stuff. Man, all right. It won't be that easy, I'll tell you that. All right, so K- KD mad. KD mad at Bruce Brown and probably by proxy me as well uh, for even insinuating <laughs> that they should be out here potentially tanking the play in. But, I mean, I thought it was decent. I thought it was a decent logical theory to just throw out there. That's how my brain works. Sometimes I try to, again, y'all know me. I'm Mr. Stir the Pot. I'm Mr. Contrarian. And naturally, not contrived like a lot of other people uh, who do crack microphones seemingly for hobbies or for even a living. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was a possibility. But, nah, they came out there and they got up 20 on the goddamn Cavs as your boy was in the building, by the way. Humble brag. Um Courtside, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, so we, we was out here last night at Barclays amidst all the nonsense that went down yesterday in New York. Um, but, yeah, it was it was, it was was light work. Even though the Cavs, you know, look, sex land was supposed to be a thing. And, unfortunately, we haven't seen sex land perform to the highest of, of its abilities because Sexton got hurt. 
But yeah, this Cavs team is for real. They'll be for real down the road. But look, Brooklyn doesn't want to go through that Toronto thing. Just the looming prospect of potentially, you know, assuming Kobe and shit. <laughs> assuming, uh, yeah. Assuming Embiid and Harden maybe spit the bit and fall to the Raptors. You don't want to have Kyrie, who's out here on Ramadan, Eden Mubarak, for those who do that, soon come. Eden Mubarak, soon come. Um, there's no there's no way you even want to deal with the prospect of potentially having Kyrie for, for three out of seven. You just can't do that. So the Nets went out there and took care of business. You know, KD was KD, but it was really just a Kyrie show. Kyrie show. I mean, watching him, being able to be up close and watch him was important. It was special for me. I have not seen Kyrie in person yet. So that was important for me to see. And uh, seeing KD in person is always a great thing. That's like my second or third time seeing KD. Uh, but yeah, man, seeing seeing Kyrie cook and cook at a high level. Yes, it was against the Cavaliers who don't really have any defensive stalwarts. You know, they had the point guard. Rondo was in the building, so I got to see Rondo in the building. But um, he's, you know, he's not young anymore. I'll just say that. So, but yeah, man, look, the Nets have chosen. We want to go through Boston. And with Robert Williams out for how long, we're still not sure. There's some smoke and mirrors there as well as with the Bam Adebayo stuff. As there's been, like, quietly no updates on Bam Adebayo in terms of entering the health and safety protocols. Uh, there's just a lot of casual talk of he may be ready. But it's like, dog, do you have COVID or not? Nah? So I don't know if that's something, I mean, I don't think that's HIPAA protected. Like if someone has contracted the virus, I don't know if that's something that they can keep away like that. Normally, if they say you're going to be gone for a while, then that kind of means either you have it or you were definitely in contact with someone who has had it. So I don't know what's going on with Bam Adebayo. It's been relatively quiet. I've tried to update, try to find updates uh, between me recording yesterday morning and uh, dropping this update uh, today. So there hasn't been a lot of updates there. But look, the Nets have chosen to go through Boston, and I'm not mad at it. It makes sense. If you're going to go through the Bucks, let's get through the Bucks the fastest way possible. You know, they went through the Bucks last year. And if KD wore his proper shoe size, they would have beaten the Bucks in the second round last year. So, you know, and that was without Kyrie. So, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting. I think they can beat Boston. The sports books have the Nets as the favorite. Oh yeah, shout out to those who took uh, Cleveland eight and a half last night. I see y'all. Cleveland eight and a half. That was a good call. I was a little. I was. I wasn't. I didn't feel too strongly about that. I considered it, but I didn't feel too strongly about that. And once they were up 20, I was like, yeah, see, see. But then as, you know, it's NBA is the game of runs, right? So eight and a half was a good call last night. But the Celtics underdog as a two seed against the Nets. And this is why the Nets are such an, such an enigma. And that's where, you know, hey, Ben looked pretty spry last night, even on the bench wearing that green, wearing the green Somerset. Like, I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben finds his way onto the court at some point in this series because I think a lot of it is, like I said in the little pre-pod, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to Ben right now in terms of his health and availability. But are you concerned 
if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, that people are just assuming you can beat Boston. Boston's a team that's won 51 games. Boston is a team that, as we've seen over the second half of the season, the defense has been kicked up a notch. And yes, Robert Williams is a big part of that defense, but it's also just a philosophy. We know how we know how Marcus Smart gets down. It's not like Robert Williams is the only person that could D up on that team. Jalen Brown is an elite defender. Jason Tatum at times can be a upper echelon defender. And Marcus Smart's a good defender. So it's not just Robert Williams that is the key to that defense. Like he actually brings it all together. He's obviously the big in the middle that can swat shots and he can obviously defend the pick and roll better than most bigs. But when it comes right down to it, there's more dudes that can D up on Boston besides Robert Williams. So I think people are just assuming that the Nets could just walk in there and get by the Celtics just because they don't have Robert Williams. I don't think Robert Williams has made that much of a leap to where he is, you know, such a huge part that they can't win a series especially as the two seed, especially having home court, especially having Tatum and Brown still. I I don't know how this series goes, to be quite honest. I think if Ben plays, that can change the outlook of this series. If Ben plays, if Ben comes in and is just Ben, defense, rebounds, facilitating, that could be the edge. That could be enough to get Brooklyn over the hump because Tatum and Brown are going to do their thing. Tatum's going to be gunning, KD's going to be gunning. So those two could technically wash each other. Marcus Smart and Kyrie, that's going to be a fun matchup. Now you have Jalen Brown, though. What Jalen Brown are we going to get? He's had times this year where he's looked to be the number one option. And y'all know how I feel about the Celtics and when it was, you know, the boy genius and, you know, your mans. I always felt they should have been playing more through Jalen Brown. Uh, now Tatum has come out here and he's gotten his, he's channeling his inner Kobe and he's chucking up shots in the major way. So he's just a pure bucket. He's a pure 30, 40 a night guy now. Like he can literally go for 40 at any time. I think Jalen Brown brings you more because he's so good on defense as well as dropping 25 that I favor that type of player more. But I think what you have here, this is who's going to lock up or try to stop. Jalen Brown. That's where Ben would come in. Because KD, you saw it last night, especially early. KD wanted to make his mark, not only just being the bucket that he is, and he put up an easy 25. And it wasn't even like the it wasn't even the greatest 25. It was a it was a very average KD type night, which is kind of crazy when you look at it. When you look at the box scoring, you see he went nine for 16. He went nine for 16, and it doesn't even seem to be that great. He shot over 50%, but it doesn't mean anything because he's so great. Easy 25, but he put out 11 dimes. And that's where people were worried about, well, you know, when they got rid of the beard, well, who's going to, Kyrie's not that type of, well, Kyrie dropped 12 dimes last night. Like, they literally were setting everyone up. And they set up Drummond really well. If that's a thing where they can actually work through Drummond, and that's kind of what spawned Bruce Brown's comments because he's like, yo, if they got Harford and Tice, I mean, Andre Drummond should be able to go to work. He should be able to go to work. And while that's true, that remains to be seen. But when you have an Andre Drummond, when you have guys who could come off the bench, you know, I don't know what's up with Aldridge, to be quite honest. I would assume he'll be available. But when you have bigs like Aldridge potentially, 
Claxton is more of a rim runner, but he was active. He's going to be active. He's going to be active trying to block shots. He's kind of a bootleg Robert Williams if you really need to parse it. But he's a guy who could rim run. So they have guys that could potentially expose Al Harford and Daniel Tice. And that's why Bruce Brown jumped out that window saying, yo, that, that could be, that's something we're definitely going to exploit. As if this is Andre German from like four or five years ago. But even despite all of that, it's just going to be interesting to see where Ben fits in if he does play. I think that's, he's going to be the enigma. He's going to be the wild card. He's going to be all of that. But truth be told, Patty Mills could be that guy in this series. Because if Marcus Smart is, is going to be trying to hound Kyrie up and down, then that leaves Patty Mills to get a chance here. Or Seth, even Seth Curry. Either one of them is going to have to be that. It could even be Drogic off the bench. Like They have three guards, three swing point slash shooting guards that can really make a difference in this series. I don't know if it can offset if Ben doesn't play. I don't know if that three-headed monster of Seth, Patty Mills, and Drogic can offset Ben not playing. But I think they'll, they're going to have to give them something. You know, Barkley said the other night that, you know, KD and Kyrie could take turns winning games. Like either, Both of them can win two games by themselves to get you to four. And while I think on paper that, that is true, I don't know if that's true against Boston. I don't think that's true against Boston because Boston has switched it all around. The uh, scam of them day uh, and the boy is get up out of there and immediately the Celtics start looking like the team that they were supposed to be all them years when it was the boy genius and the scam of them day. Within, within, within one season, it took one season, much like Urban Myers is going to be a one-year rebuild down there in Jacksonville. Boston did a one-year rebuild, and now they're out there looking like a team that's legit. The way that the Celtics looked right now, obviously before Robert Williams got hurt, but the way they looked when Robert Williams was healthy and they had a full complement of players, including Tatum and Brown, they looked like how they kept telling us they were going to look all them years when it was the boy genius in. So it's going to be a great series. I'm here for it. It's minimum going six. Minimum going six. I don't think either team is that much better than the other, barring any injury that happens during the, se- during the series. So I'm here for it. Nets, Celtics. They did not buy into my stirring the pot conspiracy theory of maybe tanking and trying to get to the AFC because maybe you can go through the heat because we don't know what's up with Bam Adebayo. And then maybe you can deal with Toronto. But then that brings in the whole thing of you know Kyrie not being able to hoop north of the border. Or they could have potentially faced Kobe and <laughs> still can't. A day later, I still get it all the way. <laughs> now, if you're in the West, I said this early in the season, and I think even in, um, as we got to the All-Star break, like the West doesn't really have a lot of great teams. Like the Warriors were supposed to be one of those teams, but because of injuries and just no no cohesion, because of those injuries, they just haven't looked as good as they did earlier in the season. They're still the three seed. Like, they're dangerous right now. And the Grizzlies want all the smoke, and they want all the smoke specifically with the Warriors. That's not going to be a good matchup for the Warriors, as, you know, they allegedly will get Steph back. 
Clay has been hot without Steph playing. Draymond, the habitual nutheader, I mean, look, man, he is who he is. He's a triple single one game, and then he could go out there and give you a double-double with stat filler numbers everywhere else. So you're not sure what you're going to get, but you're going to get defense. Hey, man, I got a potential second-round upset for you. And this is no shade. But right now, I'm going to assume the Mavericks take care of the Jazz. That's the 4-5 in the West. I'm going to assume the Mavericks are going to do that. We're going to assume the Suns get past whoever they get in the eighth seed, right? You don't think the Mavericks could take out the Suns? Because I do. (laughs) The way they play in defense? Luka... Look, man, I've been on the record a lot of times with Luka. Luka's good enough to get you two games. And the problem in the last couple of years is that the Latvian world star, Chris S. Porzingis, didn't help him get the two other games. Or just the roster, the others, if you want to be like Shaq and call him the others. The others didn't step up to help him get the other two games. But Luka is usually good enough to get you two games. If Luka can get you two games against Phoenix... I think Dinwiddie, and I think the others now, specifically Dwight Powell, could be enough to get two more wins. Because they're playing defense. It's not just give the ball to Luka and let him be Slovenian Harden like I've been calling them the last couple of years. It's not that. It's now actually we're locking people up. Now, Luca's not locking people up. Let's not get let's not get it twisted. Luca's not locking people up, but the philosophy that they have instilled, they have people Finney Smith is out here hounding people. Dwight, I mean, someone jumped out the window. I meant to screenshot it so I could air them out. Somebody had the audacity to compare Dwight Powell to Dwight Howard. Right. Like we're not going to go that far in terms of impact on the defensive end. But Dwight Powell has certainly taken a step more so than he has in years past when he had Rick Carlisle and his alleged defensive acumen. Whatever Jay Kidd is doing in Dallas, it's working, right? It's working. And now they got Dinwiddie, a legit second scorer that's not afraid of the moment to go along with Luka, who's good enough to get you two games in every round. So we'll see. But I think Dallas could... Knock off the point fraud. Now, D-Book's been playing at another level, an MVP-like level. He should not be MVP and not jumping out the window like that. But over the last, much like Tatum was killing it before he kind of shut it down for the regular season, Booker was on that type of run at the same time. It just Tatum was doing it more dynamically, so, so we didn't pay attention to it. And the run and the Suns were beating everyone by a lot, so it kind of went unnoticed. But Booker's been killing this whole season. He's been that dude. I said he was top five two years ago. He proved it to me last year, and he's, to me, cemented the fact that he's top five with his play this year, especially when the point fraud went out and everyone said, oh, doom and gloom, and they kept right on rolling, which shows they don't even need the point fraud because they got the real CP and camera paint. Because if we could get that, if we could knock the point fraud out and get Phoenix about it here, I mean, I think D book, if it is, if it is Dallas Phoenix in the second round, who's the best player in that series? 
There will be a lot if Luca is finally able to get out the first round. If he's finally able to get get over the hump with Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, and Dwight Powell, Blue Check Boys will then give him a legitimate chance against Phoenix. They will. They will drink that Kool Aid. And I'm not saying they shouldn't drink that Kool Aid. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid because of Luca. I'm drinking the Kool Aid because of the team and the defense that they're playing now. That team is playing playoff defense. Luca gets to the second round and he's facing the point fraud in D-Book, there will be plenty of blue check boy that will jump out there and say, Luca's the best player in that series. Now, it's D-Book. It's D-Book. But there will be plenty of blue check boy that will jump out that window and say, Luca, best player in that series. And since that, there will be some people that will say, yo, the Mavs will upset the number one overall seed, the Phoenix Suns. But they're just going to say just because of Luka. They just believe in the hype of Luka. I'm looking at that roster. I'm looking at that team. I've watched how they play, especially a lot over the last couple of months because I really wanted to tap in and see, well, is this defensive thing that everyone keeps talking about, is it a myth? Or is it just like they're playing bad teams? Is there a correlation to be made? Nah, dog. They just D'ing up. They're really just D'ing up. They're closing out. Like it's no easy shots. Very rarely are they giving up easy buckets. And, you know, the Suns, they, they are predicated off easy buckets. They are predicated off that pick and roll lob over the top or the mid-range from the point fraud. They are predicated on getting the most easiest shots possible. Possible. So it'll be interesting to see how, their, how the improved defense of the Mavericks potentially goes up against Phoenix. There's plenty of sexy matchups in the West. We'll get to the East. I know a lot of y'all want to hear about the East, but I think, as usual, people on the East Coast are ignoring the West. Because there's some really good matchups, potentially, if things play out. I mean, do you think if the T-Wolves get the 7 seed, could they upset the Grizz? Can the three-headed monster of Cat, who still isn't top 30, debate your mother? Ant-Man and D-Lo... I mean, I mean, if Cat's top 30, if Cat's top 30, he should be the best player in that series, right? If Cat's top 30, he should be better than Ja, right? So if he's top 30, go beat the Grizz. Go manhandle Steven Adams. Go manhandle Jaron Jackson Jr., who arguably could be defensive player of the year. If you're a top 30 cat, take that seven seed Timberwolves, go into Memphis and get dubs. That could be an interesting matchup. I don't like them against the Suns. So if if they if if I'm the if I'm the Timberwolves, I don't trick off this playing with the with the Clippers. I don't trick it off. I want the Grizz. I don't want Phoenix if I'm Minnesota. I want the Grizz. Because y'all are both two young teams. Y'all are both getting your feet wet and like seriously thinking, yo, we can make a run. We can advance to the second round. Both teams are confident that they can get to the second round. I want the Grizz. I don't want no parts of Phoenix if I'm the Timberwolves. How great is it to be Pat Bev this morning? <laughs> How great is it to be Patrick Beverly 
this morning. He's able to talk shit to the Clippers as if anyone else outside of Patrick Beverly cares. Like, he had his night. It was an amazing night. Is it still the Target Center out there in Minnesota? I think it's still the Target Center. Man, they out there running around, and TNT, you know, obviously Chuck, Kenny, and Shaq, they, they called it immediately. Like, yo, these dudes act like they won a championship, and that's that's exactly what it was. What it was is they were running around the court. You know, your man's call Anthony Towns is uh, – kissing Jordan Woods on the court. Like, they thought they really won something by beating a Kawhi Leonardless, a board list Los Angeles Clipper team, and uh, capturing the seventh seed. So, and, hey, look, I'll tell you, I keep trying to tell y'all about Cat. Top 30? Big spot playing at the crib? You foul out? 24 minutes? At the crib against a Zubach? You let a Zubach get you in foul trouble? Zubach. You top 30, allegedly, but you let a Zubach play you off the floor by conning you into just keep committing offensive foul after offensive foul after offensive foul. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But y'all heard me on that little pre-pod. It's all about them wings. It's all about the wings, and Ant-Man is a bucket, an uh, easy 30, easy 30, easy 30. And I still don't think he should have been drafted number one because I think he's literally just a bucket. But, I mean, in today's NBA, with really not that much emphasis on defense until it gets deep into the playoffs, I mean, I guess having a guy that can just get you 30 is always going to be valuable. Having a guy that could just go out there and I can go for 30 whenever I want, that's always going to be a commodity that's going to be wanted in today's NBA, especially today. But no hand checking and all the the scaling back of the rules from the 90s and even early 2000s. Yeah. yeah, it just pays to have a guy who could just go be a bucket. It doesn't always equate the wins, but it's always just good to have a guy, whether he's your secondary option or even a third off off the bench or something like that, like. It's, it's just always good to have a guy who could just go crazy at any point in time. And when you have Ant-Man going for 30 and then D'Lo dropping damn near 30 himself, I mean, even even it can offset the fact that Carl Anthony Towns showed that he's not top 30. It can even offset that. I mean, 11-5 and five in 24 minutes, and he fouls out in the biggest moment of the game. Fouled out with, like, what, like seven, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he fouled out? Now, again, the coach was really mismanaging the foul trouble for not just Cat, but that whole team, right? He mismanaged the fouls the whole game. But still, if you're a Cat, you have to play different. You have to learn to play different. You can't just keep dipping his shoulder. Like, you're not prime Shaq in the 90s. We could just, like, look, Zubac is no Chris Dudley. You're not Shaq, and Zubac is not Chris Dudley, and you're not just going to bang your shoulder in the sun, dip your shoulder, and move sun back four or five feet and not have it be called. Like, so at some point, you got to adjust your shit, right? Like, be aware of the moment. But the fact that he let a Zubach get him up out of here tells me all I need to know about Cat. And I still think because of the wings, like I talked about in the pre-pod, like, I think those wings can make a difference against Memphis. Obviously, Ja's going to go crazy. We know how that is. He's going to be super hype. Jaron Jackson Jr., who could be defensive player of the year. Steven Adams is going to lock down the middle. 
Like, I think that's where Cat's going to run into trouble because it's not just Steven Adams, but it's also Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J. So that's going to be a real interesting matchup. But that's where if you're Ant-Man, all right, I need to, I need to get 30-35 every night. 30-35 every night because I don't know if you could trust Cat. And Cat's come up small in the playoffs before. A couple of years ago, I think it was against the Spurs, I think. A couple of years ago against the Spurs, he came up small in the playoffs. Their one time... They've, they made the playoffs with Cat, or, yeah, I don't think they made it a second time. Well, this would be the second time, but I don't think they made it before that one time. And Cat was small in that series. So Cat has shown you he might just be a regular season killer, which I, I think I've been insinuating and I broke down when we talked about whether, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is top 30. He's a stat filler. I don't know if those – and those stats normally don't equate to wins. So to me, it's empty stats. But, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that Timbles were running around that arena, damn near pouring champagne all over themselves like, like they want to chip. Like, it's almost Nick-like. <laughs> it was almost Nick Pep Rally-like the way they were giving it up. But at least in Minnesota, at least in Minnesota, they did it with actual franchise players. You know, the Knicks, were, were, Knicks tape was running around here, propping up Julius Randle. How'd that work out this year? <laughs> Got to give him the max. Got to give him the max. Oh, but we didn't give him the max, so it's even a better deal. <laughs> How that almost max looking now. <laughs> oh, but I know. I know. Zion coming. <laughs> Spider Mitchell coming. They all coming. Because every year, they always are coming. Pause. To the Knicks. Always. Always. Anywho, I think this series is going to be great. Look, I think these playoffs are going to be one, one of the ones. It's a lot of interesting matchups. I think the 1-8s are not going to be that great. I think the only way, and that's why I was kind of like, you know, trying to figure out a way to make the playing interesting. I think the only way to make the playing interesting is if the Nets would have tanked. And, you know, I think we get half of it because we do get the Timberwolves against Memphis, and that, that that's what I wanted to see because I don't think the Timberwolves have a chance of beating Phoenix. But I think the Timberwolves being able to go into Memphis – the second youngest roster in the league with home court, number two seed. Now they have expectations. How does Memphis play with that? With a Minnesota team, that can that can score. That can score. You know, Malik Beasley could be a gunner. He can get hot. He could go crazy from three. Jaden McDaniels can, he's a he's a he's a stat filler. They don't have a lot of size. That's the only issue with Minnesota. Because if Jaron Jackson starts to cook, if Carl Anthony Towns is relegated to being locked up on the defensive end by Steven Adams and Triple J, that means Triple J now can get off on offense. And I don't know who the Timberwolves got for Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I don't see anyone on that whole roster. That whole roster. I mean, you want to go get Greg Monroe? I mean, the fossil that is Greg Monroe, Hoya Saxa, though. But still, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. So a lot of layers to that series. I'm here for it. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm, I'm really into this playing. I don't really care about these 8-9 matchups, 9-10 or whatever. Like, that's – we got what, what we wanted. The main questions were answered on this first night of the playing. The Nets decided they're not going to tank. They're going to go the seven route. They're going to go to Boston, try to get it done. They're going to go most likely because the Bulls are beset by injuries and the Bulls are just the Bulls. 
They're going to go to Milwaukee and try to do it that way. And then maybe, depending on how things work out, maybe it'll be Miami, maybe it'll be Toronto, or maybe it'll be Kobe and Sh- I still just can't. I just can't. <laughs> All right, well, that was an abbreviated uh, NBA pre and post playing pod. Appreciate y'all for checking it out. Uh, there will be another pod dropping that's more of the other stuff that I spoke about on that pre-pod. So you're getting two episodes dropping today. So this is the first episode, just the NBA playing, my pre-playing thoughts, and now my post-playing thoughts. Was able to be in the building last night. It was very good. It was very good to be in an energized building, especially with everything that went on in the morning yesterday, to be able to be in Barclays and see energy and 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 basketball fervor and be a good distraction to get your mind off of the nonsense but yo them ak-47s was out them semi-autos was out it was heavy in them streets so just be safe out there be careful uh for the sam d podcast i am the sam d i'll see you on the next pod